Welcome to That Blind Guy Show. I'm your host, John Gee, and this is episode 10, Adaptive Devices. That Blind Guy Show is brought to you by anchor.fm slash start. That's anchor.fm slash start. So anybody who has a visual impairment or any kind of a physical challenge has had to use some type of adaptive tool at some point. Uh, That tool could be something like a white cane with a red tip. It's the most noticeable thing or a guide dog or something along those lines. Uh, For someone who has trouble walking, it might be a pair of crutches. Uh, For someone who is deaf or hard of hearing, it might be a uh, a hearing aid. For me, uh, I've had several, um, several adaptive devices throughout my life and some of them have been successful and some of them have not. The most noticeable for me now are the glasses that I wear. I wear a pair of bioptic lenses, and well, I have a bioptic lens, uh, even though the bioptic is only in one side. You know, I've already explained my right eye is functionally dead, so you know, having a lens in there doesn't really do anything. But I've been wearing these now on and off for the past couple of years, and I had another pair of bioptics before that when I was younger. The reason that uh, I probably don't use more adaptive devices has to has a lot to do with my experience with adaptive devices growing up and how I came to view my vision or how how I came to view them uh, in you know in the grand scheme of my vision so growing up I had uh, several adaptive devices that I've used I've used things like large print books. I've used things like books on tape. Never really needed any kind of a CNI dog or, uh, you know, white cane, that kind of thing. But I have used adaptive devices uh, for most of my life in one form or another. Like I said, the most recent things are the bioptic lenses. But, you know, there, there came a time in my life where, you know, at first it was it was okay. I was in kindergarten, so large print books weren't really a big deal for me. Uh, even though, uh, even though for my age, my large print books, a lot of my textbooks were basically half the size of my body when it came to the actual physical dimensions. Um, in the fourth and fifth grade, my dictionary that was issued to me by, uh, Florida State Blind Services was 26 volumes. And of course, can't carry that with you. So if I was in another class and I needed to look something up, I actually had to go to another room. And you know, in in your uh, in elementary school, when you are of a certain age, that's not really a big deal. Most kids at uh, a young age don't see you as being legally blind. They don't see you as being um, <clears throat> visually impaired or any of those kinds of things. Uh, but you know, it it does eventually start to feel that way. But of course, by the time you reach the age of around 12 or 13, the things that used to not make a difference suddenly start to make a difference. Suddenly it becomes a, suddenly status becomes important. Suddenly things that are, you know, as we've talked about before, suddenly things that are different are no longer a good thing. And the kid with the you know, 30 pound textbooks lugging them from class to class on a handcart. Um, not really all that conducive to making friends when you reach a certain age. And that's kind of where I was. Around that time, it was also 
fairly, uh, fairly common for my classmates to start making fun of me. You know, that as like I said, as they do, um, adolescents can be particularly cruel because they're going through that period of time where all of a sudden status is something that matters to them. And uh, if you are seen as someone who is weak or someone who might prey on someone who is different, then you can kind of move up the social ladder. As a result, I began to see all of the adaptive devices that I had been using as a negative. Okay, um, but yeah, I, I started to see those things as a negative and I started to, um, I started to kind of shy away from them. I stopped using my large print textbooks. Uh, I no longer, uh, I no longer used books on tape, which, you know, it wasn't really the tapes that were the issue. The tapes were just little cassette tapes, even though they were multi-track and, you know, they did all those kinds of things. The issue to me wasn't the tapes. The issue to me was the actual tape player, which was this massive thing. Um, and it was just, it was cumbersome and it was awkward and all kinds of those things. So eventually I, um, I went ahead and I stopped using all of those adaptive devices. Once I got into my, you know, my high school years, I actually was, you know, I had pretty much retreated. I didn't want to stand out. I didn't want to stand up at all. Uh, so no adaptive devices, no any kind of special treatment, all of it was, was done. I was just, you know, I would kind of hang out in the background and not really talk to anybody, not really do anything um, to, to make myself known. And I was like that for a very long time. And even to this day, uh, there are times that I struggle with it. But... We're going to talk about how things changed for me when I um, when I was a little bit older, but we're going to do it after I plug uh, my, my sponsor, Anchor, here. Uh, give me just one second, and I will be right back. Welcome back. Um, so anyways, what I was talking about is that when I got older, when I, when I got to be you know, a senior in high school, that's when I first discovered bioptics, and the bioptic lenses... Uh, were actually a kind of a revelation to me. Here was something that was fairly unobtrusive. I found a pair of bioptics that, unless you knew what you were looking for, you would never know that I was wearing any kind of adaptive device. It was a pair of glasses with a tiny, tiny little bioptic lens embedded in it, and embedded in such a way that it was flush. It didn't stick out at all. <clears throat> so I started wearing them a little bit more, but not nearly as much as I probably should, and I even and even I knew that. Uh, again, it, it was one of those things where I didn't want to stand out. And if somebody did notice those glasses, all of a sudden it would be the glasses that were in the forefront, and not uh, you know, and not me. And it opened me up as a target. As I got older, I came to realize that most people don't care. I mean, it's it's just the truth. I hate to put it this way, you know. Uh, as much as I would love to think that I'm important enough for people to be looking at me and seeing everything I do, and hey, look at the weird guy with the glasses and the, you know the thing and the stuff. And the truth is, they don't. Most people are just so wrapped up in their own stuff that they don't care what 
what I'm wearing or what's on my face or anything like that. And so I'm a little bit less hesitant to, uh, to put the glasses on when I need them. Now, do I think, do I get funny looks sometimes? Yeah, absolutely. Especially when I'm at my second job uh, doing a firearms transfer and I am, uh, and I drop these things on and I'm looking through them like they're, you know, like I'm looking at a jeweler's glass and I'm really just reading somebody's driver's license. I'm sure they, somebody probably thinks, why is he selling firearms and, you know, why? He can barely see. What is that about? Um, but, you know, I, it, that's one of those things that I think about and go, eh, okay. <laughs> if that's what they think, that's what they think. Now, if I wear these out in public, I do try and disguise them. I will admit that. And usually what I'll do is I'll throw on a hat or something like that that pulls the, you know, the brim over, you know, over the eyebrow a little bit. And it just, it doesn't make them go away. It doesn't make them less noticeable. Well, it, it kind of does. It almost camouflages them a little bit, but it also has the added benefit of giving the, giving the lens a little bit of shade so that I can, I don't have the glare that I get sometimes, uh, kind of like I'm getting right now. If these were shaded in the front, you know, if I had a hat on, you wouldn't be able to see anything. You wouldn't be able to see, you know, below the brim. But I would also not have the, you know, the, the, the glare that I'm getting right now. But anyways, <clears throat> I digress. It's one of those things where um, I, I've come to accept uh, adaptive devices a little bit more and not really care so much about what other people think of me and think of my adaptive devices. Um, again, most of the time, it's me saying that truth is that most people don't care about my adaptive devices. Most people don't care enough about, uh, you know, about, to, or to think about me enough to give it a second thought. And I'm totally fine with that. But yeah, I, I, I guess that's kind of where we are with that. But let's go ahead. We're going to go to a question and answer segment. Well, okay. So this is actually going to be the first segment, uh, the first installment of Ask the Blind Guy. And this is going to be a segment so that if you are visually impaired and you want to ask me about my experiences, do it. If you're not visually impaired and you have a question about what it's like to be visually impaired, then by all means, ask away. I will be happy to answer whatever questions you have. Uh, just so I can, you know, it, it goes back to that episode of things I wish people understood. It's okay to ask. I'm not going to get offended. So today, the inaugural question that we have for Ask the Blind Guy is from a gentleman by the name of Chase. And this is a fairly common question, but it's one that's not well understood. Chase asked me that, uh, or Chase mentioned that he had heard that when you have one sense that's diminished, that the other senses become heightened or are somehow better. And I really hate to say it, as much as I would love to be Daredevil, it's just not true. You, somebody might have better hearing or better sense of taste or a be, you know, more sensitive sense of touch or smell or whatnot, but that's going to be more a matter of genetics rather than you not having the, your sense of sight or not having a full sense of sight. So the way that 
I look at it is, how do I put this? So when I'm trying to read things, when I'm reading stuff, like right now I'm, I'm sitting here and I'm reading my, uh, I'm reading my, my stream chat, which really isn't doing much right now, but that's okay. Uh, I'm reading my stream chat and I'm looking at my, uh, I'm looking at my computer screen and I'm taking a look at, um, I'm taking a look at what's going on with the recording for my podcast. All of these things take up more processing power in my brain. It takes me a lot of concentration to be able to focus on one thing because of the way my eyes move around. It takes me a little bit of brain power for me to not only be able to focus on an object, but also to comprehend what it is that I'm seeing. Most people, if you're fully sighted, you don't really have any of these problems. You don't have to worry about whether or not what you're processing is true and accurate to what is actually there. Whereas I will sometimes have to second guess, okay, am I actually seeing what I think that I'm seeing? And so, you know, it takes my brain more processing to, uh, to, to run through something that I'm seeing than it does anything else. I can be sitting here and I can be recording a podcast or I can be playing a video game or I can be doing any of those other things and I can be listening to an audiobook. And even though I'm concentrating on the game, it takes me far less energy. To fully absorb the plot or the story of whatever it is that I'm listening to, I can still tell you exactly what's going on in whatever book I'm listening to, but I'm not actively listening to it. If you'd like to support the show, please go to anchor.fm slash 2020 and make a one-time donation or consider subscribing. That is going to be it for today's episode. If your podcatcher of choice has a rating system, please feel free to give us a rating and or a like or a review. If you have questions or comments, please feel free to email me at 2020 at gmail.com, leave a comment on the episode page, or send me a message via Twitter, Instagram, or other social media. Links in the show notes. Until the next episode, this has been That Blind Guy Show. I'm John Gee, and we will see you next time.